<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? What is happening, weirdos? What is happening, weirdos? <laughs> this is one of my absolute favorite episodes ever, and I want to get to it as quickly as possible. So we did Largo last night. Thank you for everyone who came out. And uh, also, we do it every month. So go to Largo-LA.com. <laughs> Let's talk really fast so we can get to the episode really fast. We're going to get to this episode really fast, so we're just going to talk real fast, and then we're going to get to it, and it's really special. And I'm really glad that you guys are here, and I'm glad that we're doing it, and we're always glad that we're doing it. And not all, not all of them are this special, but this one was really special. Oh, hi, sorry. <laughs> Brody, shush. Oh, thank you. Okay, you're in the <laughs> intro. <laughs> no, we added things. You guys are so kind. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Pleasure. <laughs> that was Ashley. Ashley from the GoTo Girls. If you need Go-to any personalized <laughs> Yeah, right. They're booked till like January. <laughs> yeah, but they'll, but still, they'll squeeze they'll, you. They'll squeeze you. And they squeezed us in. GoTo Girls. L.A. L.A. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get to it. Come to Largo. It's always amazing. It was so fun last night. And if you like the show, please try one of the Pete's Picks. Katie, roll them ads. All right, everybody. This episode is brought to us. Just one sponsor up top by our friends at Living Libations. Val and I are we're head to tail a complete Living Libations family. We swear by these products. They are absolutely wonderful, natural alternatives to the random chemical nightmare hair, skin, teeth products that most people are buying at 7-Eleven. I realized years ago I was being mindful of what I was putting in my body in terms of food, but I wasn't being very careful about what I put on my body. Shaving cream that are neon blue, face washes that I thought were fancy because they were sold in outdoor kiosks and malls with French names but these companies don't give a they don't care about us i was gonna swear they don't care about us and they're filled with chemicals uh, linked to disease and toxicity levels never intended for humans i eat food where i recognize the ingredients and i want my skincare to be the same especially when it comes to leela every morning because she goes to preschool now she we usually pick her up and she's in a in her underwear so she's completely exposed to the sun And Val and I did a lot of research, and the only truly natural sunblock I've ever found is the I Love the Sun zinc-based sunscreen that Living Libations sell. A lot of them you see on Amazon, they might be natural-ish, but they're still filled with a lot of chemicals. They're just kind of skating by. The I Love the Sun zinc-based one is truly something I can put on my daughter and not feel kind of weird about it, let's be honest. I also use their ginger exfoliating scrub, which is the most badass exfoliant I've ever used in my life. Plus, I recognize all of the ingredients, the plants and the oils and the extracts, but it is truly wonderful and works. Their Zen Shave Balm is what I use to shave every, well, I only shave a couple times a week because I'm Lithuanian, but it's so clean and natural and moisturizing, you can actually use a dab of it as aftershave. Try doing that with, I I won't name a brand, but you can't do that with the canned stuff. This is real and natural and it works. And at night, best skin ever moisturizer, leaving both Val and I's skin looking great, feeling great, smelling great. Uh, and we use that before bed. But whatever your skin needs, this is a great way to support the show if you would like to. Uh, if you have skin needs, hair needs, face, teeth, baby needs, Living Libations, I promise, has a premium, natural, high-end, wonderful product to replace the random chemical nightmare they sell at CVS. So show your support of the show and show your support of your body. Go to livinglibations.com. Promo code for this month for August. It's capital WEIRD. Capital W E I R D eight eight, just capital W. So weird eighty eight, 
and uh, and try it out. All of these products, by the way, they all last a really long time. Uh, so they some of them might like the sunblock costs a little bit more, but the, that little bottle lasts and lasts and lasts, and that's true of all of their products. So go to livinglibations.com, promo code weird eighty eight for fifteen percent off, and show your support of this show. All right, everybody, this is We Made It Weird, number 98. 98. Right, we're going to do something. We're going to do the 100th episode completely in the nude, which won't <laughs> matter because this is an audio-only podcast. But Do you know that we've made that joke before? Have we? Yeah. Mm. I love it. Well. It's great. I'm going to also do it again on the 100th episode, so get used to it. <laughs> and get into it. Can, Can you, you hear, hear me from here? Can you hear me from here? Can you hear me? Can you hear me from here? Can you hear me in your Kia Soul? <laughs> Somebody's driving a Kia Soul. Definitely. <clears throat> My- Fans of this podcast, they're Kia Soul drivers for sure. Do you have the data for that? Mm-hmm. Um, hello? Okay, here we are. <laughs> Sorry, Hello. we had to stop for I wanted to, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we took a little break. You don't to need to know something. why. It wasn't sex. It wasn't stop sex. Stop implying that it, it was sex. It wasn't sex or pooping. Get your mind out, out of, of your butter. Out, out of, of the your butter. <laughs> Get your mind out of the butter, you guys. And I don't mean a cream-based spread. <gasps> Do you want a CBS? That's what CBS stands for. I was canceled by a cream-based spread. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't believe our show. Some would say you are a cream-based spread. That's why I was such a fit for the cream-based spread network. Yeah. I guess I'm going to have to go to the nougat-based spread. (laughs) Wait, NBC, nougat-based cream. (laughs) Nougat-based cream-based spread. All the networks are going to bleed into one, as Bono said. (laughs) I think that's what he meant. Kingdom come when all the streamers <laughs> bleed into that would be pretty nice. Can we stop yeah. fighting and who paid for what? Just make a bunch of TV and put it on one thing called TV. I feel like can we stop fighting and who paid for what? It would be like a great Neil Young lyric. Can we all stop <laughs> fighting and who paid for what? Get inside my butt, 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 butt. Well, we love the first line, Neil. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Can we all stop fighting and who paid for what? Put your elbow up in my butt. No, again. When well, you say what, elbow, you well, mean just the elbow or my arm up to the elbow? Well, what can go in my butt? <laughs> <laughs> you think, I, I see the problem. A quiet moment. No, what could go in my butt? <laughs> Um, you know what's fun is we listened to an episode of this podcast in the car. Why did you For do that? The first time. I had never done it. You had never done it. We and were I listening was listening to another you... podcast which will remain unnamed, and I really wasn't enjoying it. And then you said what did you say? Tell tell the people tell 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 the people what you said. I said not to blow smoke up our own skirts here and not to put a Neil Young up our butts. <laughs> but, but I mean we might as well. Um, I said, so we listened to that podcast and you were like, it's not that great. And I was like, you know, I listened to our podcast the other day, just like started listening for one section to be like, was that okay? Uh, and then I ended oh, up something listening. like it was an anxiety listen. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that doesn't happen to me more. 
I, I really, sorry, just to sidebar, I really think of this podcast as just like a secret club. I know. And if you're in, you're in. Yeah. And if we, if, if like something comes out weird or something, it's like the fan, the, the weirdos are like part of the show and they understand. I, I'm not trying to load that into the listeners. No. I'm telling the listeners now, that's just how I live. I'm like, there's something different. That's, that's one of the reasons I got anxious when we started putting on YouTube mm-hmm. and I was like, here, Brody, come here. I want to take your jingle it. jangle off. Sound like you're oh, playing the tambourine. Why is he limping? Yeah, Brody's guys, falling Brody's apart, getting you guys. old. I was at, at the vet with him for four hours yesterday, and he, and like basically the Oops. consensus is like yeah. he's ten years old, and he's just gonna like have arthritis and like kidney cysts. Riddled so with sad. with things. Oh, I can't. Right, I cannot. I need. I need at least five more good years with this dog. Um, I'm silent. No, I love Brody. I. <laughs> In fact, it's such a cliche. The the YouTube point was once we started giving it to a new audience, I was like, are they going to understand that we're like weird and we talk about Neil Young putting things in his butt or are people going to be like, not cool? You know, like I didn't know. I I have more on that. Like culture anxiety. It's Mm -hmm. like swapping to it. But but the podcast and frankly, I haven't we haven't changed anything since being on YouTube. But I'm Mm -hmm. like, uh uh, it's always been my safe little little corner. So you were having an anxiety listen. Well, I was, but I'll I'll get back back to that. In listen a to this Just... good background NPR sound. Oh yeah, we got mm. our ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, iced tea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, iced oat milk latte. Because I've been so anxious, not even in a bad way, not altogether bad, but just like running high for three weeks now, and I can't have coffee anymore. It's oh, it's over. I'm yeah. back to my bed. I don't yeah. drink coffee. I run on anxiety. Yeah, I think you. I'll. I think you'll. Have I'll come a back to it yeah. once I calm down a little bit. Um. So, well, just moreover on what you were saying. Mm. Um. Did not use that correctly. Uh. I liked it. My brother and I were talking, and he was he was saying like I, he was just like it's a pretty impressive thing. And maybe he didn't say that, but this is how I heard it um, to do a podcast because he's like, I just it, I just think about how like you say something and then it's just out there forever. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't and, think that way. Where is out there? It was in here and then it's out. I guess I understand. I'm not a complete idiot, but I'm just like, <laughs> who cares? But this is what I said. It's basically what you already said, where I was like, first of all, I just never think of it that way. Yeah. We do no prep. This is where we brag that we do no prep for this, but there is something nice and authentic about that. I think it's brag worthy. This is weird. This is like the, this should be like an anniversary episode. Is this the hundredth episode? I mean, it, it might it's be the not, 99th I think or something. we're getting close. Fuck. Cause this sounds like a real, like checking in with the listeners talking about this. We never really talk about the show, Yeah, but here we are talking about the show. <laughs> the show. Um, oh, the, I wanted. Have I already talked about it on the pod how Martin Short is like, there's been a murder in the building. And then Steve Martin's like, whoa, there's been a murder in the building. And then Selena Gomez is like, <laughs> you're like, are you one of the teachers on Charlie Brown? What was that? And here, okay, before everyone gets all upset, I think she's very compelling and I enjoy her. I I really do. I just think it's so telling that as I get older, 
Uh, I am one of the I'm I'm drawn to the Martin Shorts of the world yeah. that find their spot, they hit their mark, and they turn towards the light, and they're like, "My God, there's new evidence in the case." Mm-hmm. And then Selena Gomez, who millions more people are obsessed with, yeah, like she's bigger than Martin Short for sure, yeah, for sure. Uh, it comes in, and for, to my 43 year old ear, mm-hmm. I'm like, why isn't she enunciating? <laughs> why isn't she? Why doesn't she have the twinkle? See, Martin Short has the twinkle in his eye that goes like, can you believe it? I'm on television. Yeah. Like he loves it. And she's kind of like, this is meaningless. I'm just going to be here and give me a sandwich, but I can't eat carbs. Oh my God. I think you're great. I, Lena I, Gomez. Selena. Oh, you're yeah, I'm, I'm like apostrophe, it. Lena. Yes, Selene. Um, I loved that point, though I have no idea where it came from. <laughs> I think you kind of said something a little bit like my Selena Gomez. Oh, you talk okay. and I'm guys, real quick, don't <laughs> blow me up online. I think she's great. Well, this is the whole point. So I'm gonna. It's really, a different style. I'm gonna do some acrobatics to get us back to the point, which is kind of like. Yeah, so going back to anxiety listens and like, yeah. is the thing that I said about Selena Gomez okay? Um, this is what I told my brother. Like you already did, you, Pete, already did such a good job just like showing your own vulnerability and your own beautiful heart light. And it was a beacon to the same type of sweeties. So I'm benefiting from years of groundwork where you developed a fan base of people who are really smart, really kind give you the benefit of the doubt. And there have been times where we've been kind of corrected on things and it's done in the most loving possible way. Someone just sent me a message that I'm using mitzvah, uh, not mitzvah, midrash the wrong way. And it couldn't have been more like, first and foremost, I'm a deep appreciation (laughs) appreciator of your podcast, your style and your genuine enthusiasm for Hebraic culture. Oh, <laughs> and then, and then yeah. it was like, I wish I could remember exactly how to use Midrash. All I know is I was using it wrong. Anyway, yeah. to your point. So it is just because of you, sweet listeners, we have the safest space to to be more vulnerable and then attract more of those yeah. people who are like, yeah, we're, we're just trying to figure it out. It's the same thing that happens at Largo when like a comedian who's never done, by the way, Largo was last night. Thank you to the weirdos that came out, everybody listening that came out. It was so good. Yeah. Michael Gunger sang a song with Sean Watkins and I was like, what is this? Woodstock 76? This is like one of the greatest things I've ever... And it was a happening. It was getting mid-song applause. Yeah, people were cheering. I gave it a standing ovation. I I was sort of surprised we all didn't, but those seats are very comfortable, I understand. But like (laughs) the music was incredible. The crowd sang, which is such a gift. Val, who sang uh, Traitor for me, and karaoke in the car and I'm crying and, and she, you're just getting like such a great release. The Vegas nerve is active. Like sing. We shall be fucking singing. We shall be fucking dancing. And Sean had the crowd sing like a pretty, like kind of, uh, I don't know how to put it, but it was like, it had a little fire and brimstone in it, but still everybody was loving it. It was like when the ocean fills with blood, Jesus will carry me home. And I was like, all these people with mixed beliefs are still kind of just enjoying singing i guess i hope they were there was probably one or two people that were like this is traumatic for me (laughs) um but then like dimitri martin and beth stelling and and who am i forgetting uh uh, and santino andrew santino yep and just like 
unbelievable show. Yeah. And it has so much to do with what you're what, with what you're addressing, which I don't I try not to take for granted. Mm-hmm. The bad nights are the ones where I don't stop to remember how special it is that like this group and I'm including the of course we're talking about the people listening now mm-hmm. and the people that come to the shows. It is a little bit like a Trek convention, but it's not I'm not saying this out of false humility. It's not just me. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a certain flavor. Yeah. And then everybody, Dimitri's pouring into that flavor. Santino is pouring into that flavor. Michael Gunger is and Sean are singing into that flavor. Yeah. It's it's like a station more than it is it has anything to do with just me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it is like something that you co-create with everybody on the show. And with the audience. So that is, there's so many variables. I mean, the Largo shows are always fantastic, but the ones where we really are like, this is the best, this is Largo at its best, is when it feels like every person has been contributing to the same, like putting it the same pot of of soup. I was going to say soup. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say soup. Yeah. Oh my God. The group thread for my girl, just a side note for my, my group of closest girlfriends is, is love soup. Cause we always feel like we're just like all putting in ingredients into this big pot of love soup. Okay. I, so I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we moved. We're, we're recording from the new house. This is the second episode we've done from the new house. Yeah, but we're but starting to move in a little bit more. Yeah, we last time we were there was barely anything in this house, and we were just spending the night because we wanted to. But now it's like, like remember I was complaining about the microphones. Now we have our premium blue microphones, <laughs> and it's so funny. Look, I don't. In certain ways, we are gender typical. I don't know what the word word for that is. Mm-hmm. But like, I get really excited that like the Wi-Fi is on and yeah. I know where the mics are and I know where the computer is and I know where I can write and where I can close the door and focus. It's, it's super like, mm-hmm. oh, dad has his study. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I found a bed sheet with Peter Rabbit on it <laughs> and it's perfect for Leela's day bed. And I'm like, Wait, that literally happened that literally 30 minutes happened. ago. <laughs> And I, but this is, I I feel sort of emotional saying this, like, I feel like I needed to be in in this time in my life in a place with just less stimuli. You you guys, we're going to be talking about this a bunch, I bet, or just, it'll come up a bunch. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like I'm being plugged into a battery that's giving me energy Mm -hmm. instead of a place that was... Um, ready for me when I wanted to give it energy, which is how mm-hmm. I felt about LA. And I, and I love LA. I'm not turning my back on LA. Yeah. I'm just saying I, I'm an introvert and I'm yeah. fed by this place. As we all know, I do gratitude journaling and I put silence on the gratitude journal twice. Like, mm-hmm. like it got two separate lines because yeah. at two separate points in the in the journal, I was just like, it's so quiet. Yeah. And it was quiet where I grew up and it was a beautiful house and, and a beautiful street. And I, I really feel a lot of love for my parents right now, so I'm not putting them down. But the biggest threat to that tranquility was their relationship. Yeah. So I was like, holy fuck, we're the greatest threat to the tranquility of this. And we're not a threat. I know. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it feels like this wonderful reclaiming of, a, of an opportunity to have a place. Like, in my Lexington house, we could have sat on the porch. Yeah. We could have been quiet. Mm-hmm. And we did. My mom and I would go on our mom walks and, and we enjoyed the trees and all that sort of stuff. And I loved it mm-hmm. because I was a, a secret, a closeted introvert. Mm-hmm. And now I'm out here and I'm like, there's a beautiful 
uh, it's almost like a reparenting, but I'm like, I, and we're not going to fuck this up for Leela. Leela will not know the echoes of yelling in this house. No. And, and what, what's sweeter than that? But anyway, my point was, I'm more like you now mm-hmm. being here. Isn't that interesting? Like in a place, oh. I've just been feeling like I'm on a low dose of mushrooms since we've gotten up here. Yeah. And it's because I'm energy is returning to me. Mm. So when I see you, I was going to joke that the name of my um, group, my friend group chain is Do Not Disturb. <laughs> so funny. Because <laughs> I put them all on Do Not Disturb. If I'm on a group chain, the first thing I do is I put them on Do Not Disturb because I can't, it's overwhelming to an introvert to just have a device, unless it's not, unless I'm flared up and fed and yeah. have energy. Yeah. But if I'm just like randomly getting texts from a thing, that doesn't give me energy, that's asking energy for me. Sure. I feel like we haven't talked about this enough. It really is. So yeah. Father... Um, Father Greg Boyle, who who started Homeboy Industries, who's incredible. Mm-hmm. Please, everybody listening, do not skip that episode. It's a it's an incredible masterclass in compassion and 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 service and love, and it was unbelievable, and I loved it. He quickly diagnosed me. He's like, "You're an introvert." He's like, "Can I? Mm-hmm. Are you introvert?" He asked, but I knew he was trying to see if I was an introvert. Mm. All of that is a very long way to say that like my Largo show was better. This podcast is feeling more vivacious and alive. Mm. And I'm more likely to be on a group chat mm-hmm. or mm. and respond and not be panicked by it or buy a bedspread at a <laughs> shop adjoining a coffee place and be excited about it. Yeah. Because the way that you are, and I wonder if you're an extrovert, you seem to do, you get your energy from your friend. Yeah, I don't know, because you, you know there's also that thing that's like where it's introverted extrovert or extroverted well, I'm introvert. An extroverted introvert, I think. So that means you're truly an introvert, but you... you, you, you I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a cat who learned how to be a dog. Okay, and I think I might be... Well, here's here's what I know about me. I am an extrovert, definitely, but I don't get energy from because I'm maybe because I'm a highly sensitive person as HSP. well. HSP. Um, I don't. I only get energy from the right people. So I either get. Oh my so God, it's of essential course. to me to only surround myself with the type of people who I get energy from. Um, yeah, and that, that's one of the, because this is going to sound weird, but you ha- have a paralleled woundedness that I find very safe. Mm-hmm. In this moment, looking at the trees and looking around and seeing our art on the walls and stuff, art, you know, you know actually, no, that that's art. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't want people to think we were art collectors, but little, like, that's art our friend made and beautiful stuff. Yeah. But in this moment, oh, I'm losing my train of thought. Um, the, we have a paralleled wounded. Oh yeah. So the, my Enneagram foreignness loves that you get over, not loves, but relates and feels safe Yeah. that even though you're an extrovert, you'd think that might like be weird for me, mm-hmm. but what you're saying that like, but certain people and for us, it's a lot of the same people yeah. can flood our system and shut us down. Mm-hmm. Like literally I see like a control board and like the water rises uh-huh. above it. And we're like, well, this just got fried. I can't, I'm not even here anymore Yeah, because there's often a person asking for too much or being too, too much yep. for us. Yeah. So I like that. 
And uh, I don't know as if As strange we... as that sounds, but I feel safe with another person. That yeah. Get, like Laura Bites, we've been talking about her a lot. On the road, what I loved about being with Laura was she was freaked out by what I was freaked out by. Oh, that's why, you know that I, <laughs> that was like a friendship setup that I'm responsible for that I feel so proud of. Yeah, I, for, I, I love remembering that because I don't she, always remember that. Because she did your Largo show and you, while you were on stage or in, you know, in the wings or something, she and I were in the green room and we were just like, we just instantly fell into like deep conversation. And, and she was saying that she brings earplugs with her everywhere she goes, just in case like somebody's too much, she like will put earplugs in. And I was like, um, you're going to be Pete's best friend. (laughs) So funny. And I said that to you. I was like, I think you need to, to um get to know Lara and and I think you were about to go on tour or something and you're like oh I'll see if she op- will open for me and then it was like wow a match made in heaven I forgot I, I instantly remembered but I needed mm-hmm. the reminder yeah. yeah they do this YouTube series I watched a couple of them I think it's GQ or something where they were like um finding like what are the five or ten things you absolutely have to have yeah and I was really surprised like Jason Sudeikis did it milkshakes Milkshakes. Uh, for some reason, that's my did, Jason did Sudeikis. He, did he say milkshakes? Never. No, okay. It's him in the SNL writer's room asking Mulaney to oh. get milkshakes <laughs> at the burger place that they're getting a late night. He goes, milkshakes, milkshakes. For some reason, that feels exactly right I think that's right correct. That, yeah, looks, no, it, that looks correct to it me. Feel, and he's sort of nodding when he does it. Milkshakes. Yeah. yeah. Milkshakes. Yeah, the chin is up. Yeah, There's chin's a up. up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ted Lasso's got that up chin. Up chin, yeah. Now I watch, I'm on a plane and I see Sudeikis, like if he's in a movie that maybe they weren't even going to release. I'm not saying that, but like mm. you can tell that now he's one of the biggest stars in the world. On the plane, they'll they'll put right a huge picture of him holding a shotgun though, or something like some movie that he shot, and it's like the guy from Ted Lasso. You know oh, what I mean? Wow. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. when like one one thing is a hit, every project they do, they're gonna put more marketing into it. They're gonna be like, we got a star that's yeah. in a movie. Very well could have been shot before Ted Lasso was even conceived of. Right. That's but- what they did with Chris Pine in. Um, the Cabin in the Woods. Oh. That was on a shelf somewhere. Is that Chris Pine? No, it's uh, Thor. Know. It's the guy who plays Thor. Oh, it Chris matter. Hemsworth. Chris, Chris Hemsworth. So then Hemsworth becomes a huge fan, and then they release Cabin in the Woods. He becomes a huge fan? A star. He, a star. Oh, oh, I see. So after he became Thor I mean, and stuff, they were like, let's, or, or the Snow White and the whatever. That Then they were like, okay, we'll put this out. But they were sitting on it. That's what I heard. That's really crazy because that movie is so good. And I don't even, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even like that kind of movie really, but it's so good. The (laughs) unicorn. And it's also crazy because Chris Hemsworth falls in the category of the type of person that you would just see at a coffee shop and you're like, that's going to be one of the biggest stars in the world. He does not look like a regular person. And same with Chris Pine, actually. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. These are dreamy, dreamy men. Yeah. That really it is like, you see how like the camera is so cruel (laughs) where like somebody has to truly be so jaw droppingly stunning to look just good looking on TV. Well, what we're doing with our normal vision is we're panning and scanning. Like I'm Mm -hmm. looking at your eyes Mm -hmm. and then I occasionally check in with your nose and then the shape of your face. And then my brain sort of fills in the gaps, but a camera just goes 
This is them. <laughs> this is all of this them. This is it. Yeah. We captured it. Like, yeah. no bullshit. Like, yeah. I know because I'm in love with you, I, 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 and there's nothing I would say needs softening, but like, I'll yeah. soften something and I build it rose-colored yeah. glasses. Yeah. And and it's the same with Leela. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Forget but it. But also, she is jaw-droppingly stunning. <laughs> well, that, and so are you. But like, <laughs> you film them and then show it to other people. And, you know. Yeah. Other people see it maybe differently. So you have to find... By the way, Leela, if you hear that, every 10 out of 10 would agree <laughs> that you're absolutely gorgeous yeah. and brilliant and silly and fun and all that stuff. But uh, you need a Hemsworth for everyone to go like, I'll eat popcorn and look at that. Well, I think it also, it changed the, um, it changed how we watch movies when we started finding just people who look like models to be on TV. Well, this is my bit. Because the 70s, if you look like, there's just really regular looking people in a lot of 70s movies a speed agree and and you're just like oh cool like this is just like who's the guy and when from, you see um, the, like the sex symbols from I, apart from like marilyn monroe and stuff but there were people that were like and she was a dame and she was sexy yeah. and she smoked a cigarette and drank a coffee in a way that make a man purr yeah. and like i watch it and i'm like looks like my english teacher yeah absolutely <laughs> and all of the men look like your dad all of the men look exactly like my dad not yeah. one of them has been on a walk no. Not one of them has been on a walk except to smoke a cigarette at a Thanksgiving where you couldn't go indoors. Yeah. Like, they all just look like drifters and sons of the soil. Yeah. And they put a suit on them and they're like, you're a movie star, kid. And Except I, for James Dean. There's exceptions. There's exceptions. But like, like Faye Dunaway. I think we're like, both thinking you know. of the movie Network. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about. And that woman is a babe, but she that's doesn't... Faye Dunaway. Yeah, Faye Dunaway. But when I was like... I was sort of taken aback that she... That she this was is not such me shaming a, that yeah. she was such a like sex symbol star. Yeah. And she's certainly a- attractive. I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm just like, now you're like Angelina Jolie, laser cut from a diamond. And yeah. you're just like, okay. And I think so that's another way that the camera is cruel, is that it's like as soon as we turn on the TV, our standards for beauty completely like raise. Like we this just is... need to see perfect people and it's not i don't think it's very helpful and that's why i love your paul giamatti's your seth rogan's yeah. i think these are good looking people by the way yeah i think i'm i'm way more attracted to a left of center person yeah uh, you really especially are especially men. with oh i was gonna say especially oh, with women really. like yeah, the way that yeah. you see women is so different from how i see women that then it makes me think like the fact that you think I'm attractive, no. I'm like, hmm, that's, I, that's a very funny bit. But you're like, you know, you know, when your partner thinks other people who are hideous are really attractive, and it makes you wonder if you're hideous. And they don't, and they don't think that people who are undeniably perfect are attractive at all. Well, I look. I've watched the YouTube videos where a, and I'm using normative language. I don't know how to apologize for what I'm about to say, but just know that I don't feel great about it. Sure. These two, and I tell a horrible <laughs> joke. No, I've seen YouTube videos where a, um, ordinary, what's ordinary? I know, but you'll understand what I mean. Looking woman. Yeah. Does a makeup tutorial mm -hmm. and shows you how to turn into like a Paris Hilton. Sure. And they do their eyes and they bleach their hair mm -hmm. and they put on their, they paint on these lips. And at the end of it, to me, it's indistinguishable from a movie star. 
Mm. Like it absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think Scarlett Johansson is a little left of center. There's something sort of drunk about her eyes. You know what I mean? She's got like half a glass of wine eyes. That's interesting. Like there's she something is somebody smoky that I would about say her. Is like a hundred percent perfect. No, no. I'm saying she is, but there's when I. You think there's something interesting? She's not Paris Hilton. She's not. uh, Look, forget it. I I don't mean to put down Paris Hilton. (laughs) I'm just saying she's not just somebody that you could do a makeup tutorial and turn them into uh, a quote unquote babe Mm -hmm. because she's got something interesting going on to me. Yeah, I'm calling it half a glass of wine eyes. And also, I think she just is a babe, even without the. I makeup. hear you. I hear that. But her, I, another way to say it is she's got smoky eyes. She's got like Rihanna eyes, like Rihanna and, and Scarlett yeah, Johansson. Yeah, dreamy bedroom eyes. Bedroom eyes is a good way to put it. I always look like, uh, say they look like they have a secret. Uh-huh. And let's be honest, the secret is they're in love with you. Like that's the, the secret <laughs> yeah. you project onto them. It's like, even though I look very out of her league, she looks very much like she has a secret and that secret is me. I don't know where this voice is coming from, but I'm really Network, enjoying baby. it. Yeah, it is a little bit. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. It also sounds like Bob Evans, the guy from the kids stays in the picture. Oh, Two yeah. dames walked in the bar. One of them was smoking and one was not. But let's say this. They both were. <laughs> you know, like that sort of <laughs> <laughs> that's what all of that sounds like to me like if you're yeah. of the generation where you had that exi- that accent i'm like what are you even saying oh yeah yeah two meals and one of them's gone but the other remains and we're not going to eat it pardon <laughs> what? me is, yeah. this a, is that supposed to be a metaphor or something well men just want control of the room so they'll say they'll just say, they'll say anything, anything. <laughs> yes. you tie a tie and you untie it at night but during the day oh it's on God. brother and in the morning if you're wearing it hmm, you're in the shower <laughs> like, but, what, can you let someone else talk absolutely not <laughs> that is so funny that should definitely be an snl sketch of like just like a guy who holds court and if he can't Has think of something to, to say, say he just is well i going back to what nonsense. we were saying earlier is i'm so happy and like i feel like tingles behind my cheeks and relaxed and recharged up here and in in this new place that I can't even trust my comedy instincts because when I feel like this Mm. almost anything can be funny and then what happens is anything can be funny Pete writes these bits and then a Pete who's not in that mood has to perform them sometime Mm. and I'm on stage and I'm like like I tried to do a T.T. Whitebird remember remember old T.T.? I don't know why that I don't, no. I still now, think. Now that we live in Ohio, T.T. Whitebird's coming back. T.T. Like, Whitebird <laughs> was originated on this podcast. That's right. And the, the. And he had a record, a little record called Pull My Finger. <laughs> and it was the, no, it's called The Pull My Finger Routine. Hey, kid, pull my finger. No, not away from you, like a cigarette machine. <laughs> Grab it real tight, see? Get a good sweaty grip, now give it a yank. <laughs> I got you. It was a ruse. What you do, and he's like, gee, T.T., how'd you do it? What you do is you wait until you feel a little bit of gas bubbling up down in the down region. And when it's right on the cusp, I mean knocking on the door, it's sitting on the porch, it's having a smoke. When it's there and you feel it in your belly, put out your finger like you're pointing. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> explain it. Like you're pointing. But you're not pointing. That's the point. You ask him to pull their, your finger. Then you wait. And this is key. Wait. At the very moment that it's at the most yank it could be, you let the fart out. So wait, TT, the fart isn't coming from the finger? That's the illusion. <laughs> I not The kid's real stupid. Oh, so my. it's not actually the mechanism of pulling the finger that causes the gas. That's the gag. 
They think I'm a fool. He said, make me fart, essentially. And then he did. <laughs> there was a time. Okay, first of all, I'm not even kidding. This is my favorite bit that you have ever done. <laughs> I got it right. And yeah. every time you do it, it make, I, I can't. Like a cigarette machine. I can't handle it. Like, I cannot breathe. I go from zero to full belly laughing every time. Okay, second of all, I'm pretty sure one time you did this on the podcast and it was like, there was like something where it was like, how do you do it, TT? And like, but there was yeah. like a big back and forth where, where the kid was like, come on, tell me. And like, he I wanted- don't know. Are you ready? <laughs> it's come on, TT. Look, it's a gag for a master craftsman, a gagsman, a clown. <laughs> <laughs> or I feel like TT would be offended if someone called him. I ain't no clown. Yeah. There ain't no white face paint on me. I'm a gentleman. I'm a gentleman with gags. I'll show you one right now if you give me a nickel. Ah, save the nickel and I'll save you the trouble. Pull my finger. What? <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it was. It was. It was. Pull my finger. What? Pull it like towards you. Huh? <laughs> like a cigarette machine. That's my eat. favorite line. That's the best one. Pull it like a cigarette machine. <laughs> like, remember those cigarette machines? Yeah, absolutely. When I was a kid, you'd see them on the way to the bathroom, and I was always like, I just knew cigarettes were uh, naughty, and I was like, I could, I could buy these. Nobody's looking. I'm just remembering that I had, back in my joint rolling days, that's right, I used to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Is that cool? Numbing? I mean, look. There's a lot of cool motherfuckers out there smoking weed, but you were like, I'm not ready to work on myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm numbing my, I'm postponing dealing with my trauma. Um, but there was like a, it, it looked like a cigarette holder, uh, but it had like the leather. Mm, it's a one hitter packer? No, no, no. Oh. This looks like a, it was like a metal case. Like, you know, like you have the like cigarette cases where you put, you take them out of the oh, yeah, yeah, thing yeah. and you put them in there. Yeah. It looked like that, but it was, um, it had like leather straps in it and somehow you could put the paper in and the, the weed just right. And then you oh, close it oh, and wow. it rolls it. And that is probably one of the coolest things I've ever owned. Okay. It made me so happy. There was somebody, uh, it's kind of, I don't want to get any, I don't, don't, there was somebody, uh, oh God, I can't. I just remember going to this weird old guy's house. (laughs) Okay. It's one of these stories. Mm -hmm. And it was with my friend. Uh, I don't, I don't even want to, I don't know. This is one. I don't think I've ever told this story. I'm loving the hesitation. I know it was in college and there was this older guy who invited me and some of my friends over. Does this sound familiar? And it was, so we're in college, we're going to a Christian college (laughs) and you're looking at me like, and we all just fucked each other. I know, it's That's like, where definitely is this what it going? Like. It was awesome. Uh, Neil Young was there. <laughs> we put stuff in his butt. No, um, he wasn't there. No, but it, I remember being like, it wasn't fully inappropriate, but it was borderline inappropriate and, mm. and certainly inappropriate. Uh, but this old, the, this there was old. somebody, I'll just say it was an older guy. And we're in uh, college and we're, remember it's a Christian college, so we didn't really have access to like booze and cigarettes. And he, he had us over and we had booze and cigarettes and he had a machine that would roll his own cigarettes, like you're saying. Wow. And I remember just being like, I had the feeling that this man might be a homosexual. Yeah. And, um, he brought, my friend was very good looking and I wasn't. Does this sound familiar? No, no, no. I I thought, (laughs) look. That's a kid that can get it. <laughs> like thinking about me. I'm just trying I was trying to compliment myself. Yeah. I thought I was great, but I my friend was like muscly and jockey. Yeah. 
and mm. chiseled. And does this sound familiar? We got that. drunk and smoked these hand rolled or machine rolled cigarettes. Yeah. It was like this dinky plastic machine. And I remember vividly he was like, you save over six dollars a pack every time if you do it this way. If you get your own tobacco, <laughs> he sounds like TT. And then, here, pull my finger. That's not your finger. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Well, it was it was creepy. Yeah. But there was nothing. There was nothing Aww. overtly inappropriate. Yeah. But what happened at the end of the night was he was like, "We do this thing," and my friend had already been over and had already done it. I know this is a weird am, story. Yeah. And it was they got on. He had a health rider. What's a health rider? A health rider is, it, it's a machine, it's a workout machine where you you sit on it. It was very big in the 90s. Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen these. You pull these. your own body weight up. Yes, I've seen that. And it looks, I remember wanting one so bad when I was, you know, soft and young. And I was mm. like, I could look like that, but Aww. whatever. He had one of these. And he was like, the joke is you hold the whiskey, you have a cigarette in your mouth, you take your shirt off and you get on the health rider. But it's like ironic. But I was like, this is exactly like when a guy is like, let me show you this porno. It's so funny. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Which happened to me. Or like, let's wrestle with our shirts off. It'll be so so gay. (laughs) Honestly, I I understand that this story is inappropriate, but I've kept it pretty vague. And Mm, uh, I, I feel bad for everyone involved. But my friend had already done it, and he did it. He did it again, and it, but we were like, and you didn't do it. But I knew that it was some secret sex stuff, like secretly sexually charged. Yeah, because uh, no one asked old Petey to do it. I was like, oh, oh, so just the guy with the killer bod. It's only funny when he. I thought this was funny. Yeah, wouldn't it be funnier if the guy with John Belushi bod did it? Mm. But I, it wasn't funny, and there was so. I don't have a lot of stories like that, but our our youths are filled with strange, yeah, strange occurrences. I'm really sorry you experienced that. Honestly, I'm uh, like, thank you. I'm not. I'm not masking it. I'm not like. I don't have to process it. Yeah, you know no, I mean? it just is one of those those kind of creepy situations. It's that creepy. Unfortunately, we find ourselves in totally, and I'm sure every young woman listening has three thousand uh-huh. to match my point two five one, mm-hmm. but. Um, why did I bring? Well, I brought it up because of the cigarette thing. But oh yeah, that it, story is. Upsetting. You know what? It, you know what it feels like. <laughs> it feels like in Boogie Nights when they go to the the drugged up guy. I forget what they're trying to get from him. Oh, I would. The fireworks are going. I was off. picturing that as you were telling the story. No shit. I was picturing that exact because thing. that's what's magical about that. Now that you've taught me how to enjoy boogie nights, that scene yeah. is masterful because there are so many situations. Yeah. Where you're something's happening. Yeah. And you don't know how you got there. Like, yes. I was invited under the guise that it was like funny and he's so cool. And again, nobody was. Nothing physical happened. Right. But photographs were taken, and that's weird. That's Those photographs weird. are somewhere. I mean, I'm glad Old Holmesy didn't do it. I'm so glad. Old he didn't Holmesy do wouldn't it. have done it. I'm not trying to, I, I am. I'm going to be honest. I am trying to give myself credit. I was ready to be like, fuck no, dude. You, like, this is not, I wouldn't have taken a stand, but I definitely would have said no. You are so good at that. Like, I, I, that's why those stories kill me is that I, I don't think I am now. Like, I think I'm better, but I'm not positive. Like, I'm exactly the type of person that would get stuck in a situation and do something I didn't want to do because I couldn't speak up for myself. I have... 
for that, that was weird enough mm-hmm. that it crossed even my line yeah. when I was like, I don't know how old I was, 21 or something. Yeah. Maybe 20. But like, I, it was weird enough that even a kid who wanted to avoid conflict at all costs, but then luckily nobody asked. And then I, I just sort of felt soft, soft shamed. Yeah. And I was like, maybe it's not that bad. I, yeah. I, I still talk to the guy uh, that did the photos. I wonder how he remembers it. Oh, yeah. Because there, there was a lot. At that time in my life, there, like, this, this is why I even feel, I'm not just saying this to be sweet. Even the guy nobody's winning in this story. Yeah. Meaning it, it might have been a situation where like he didn't have any, I, you know, maybe I don't have to give him compassion. It was fucking weird and he shouldn't have done it. Yeah, I, I agree. But I can understand and like you're also... there's a sadness. Let's say this. This is good, a good way. There's just a sadness to the whole story. That's right. Yes, <laughs> That's I all. totally agree. And it, was, it was, and it was not right. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, we that just have to is... make sure Leela knows to be like, Leela has a very strong no already. She has a really strong and no. And I actually think children are taught to lose their no and this is why she's never kissed my parents i always joke about mm-hmm. that but it's because she's not comfortable yet doing it she doesn't want to do it i know and maybe after just like kissing anybody by the way mm-hmm. a relationship trust yeah, i know comfort then kisses but just because i'm small you're gonna come like i know we were like Fuck that shit. Yeah. We learn, and we're not even doing it to learn no. We're doing it to foster the no that exists. I really want to protect her no. And I know that this is like a, this is a topic that's really uh, personal, I guess, to me is I feel afraid that my passivity is going to set a bad example for her where she will either think that that's how she has to be when it so clearly is not how she is naturally Mm. or she it will be that will be so unnatural to her that she will like lose respect for me as a woman and as a person because she sees how hard how conflict avoidant i am and like that's one there of the have been times things. where your parents have forced a kiss on her and I hated that I didn't say like stop don't she yeah. said no you yeah. know like and I I mean I there have been other times where they they Isn't tried it weird to that TT would have been like of course you let the ba- the parents kiss her <laughs> yeah. they made her basically yeah they own the baby and they can kiss the baby whenever they want TT you're off the rails all right back to a gag here's an inflated pink balloon I call it a whoopee cushion now yeah. <laughs> just stick to the hits please yeah. stop talking about the babies <laughs> the whoopee cushion now it's called a whoopee cushion because they're gonna think they went whoopee. <laughs> I love TT. TT's great. Uh, but I didn't yeah, mean to no, no. There and there were little ways that I've done it where, like, they they, you know, ask for a kiss or want a kiss, and she's like, no. And I go, maybe tomorrow we'll try again. And I like push the stroller really fast. Yeah, that's my only memory of that. And if a few sneak in, we're still doing. Yeah, forgive if if other people have different policies. I understand, but like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, and it's not just our my parents, by the way. It's everybody. It's yeah. your parents. Yeah, it's any older person. Yeah, but I remember 
you know, we all remember, go kiss your aunt or whatever. And, yeah. and, and just being like, what? I know. It and I understand so life obvious. is about doing what you, uh, a lot of times it's like, you got to brush your teeth or whatever. But when it comes to like. Your own body your and own your body agent. giving affection. Yeah. Is that rape culture? I'm, I'm still so in the dark about what rape culture is. Sometimes. I mean, I uh, to me, I think it's cultural beliefs that we have that contribute to rape being okay, yeah. more okayed. Or yeah. not as big of a deal. Was that Brody? God, I hope oh so. Oh my God, Brody. Brody is... <laughs> I hope so. I'm so old, I don't know if I farted. Brody <laughs> just cut one. Oh, <laughs> Titi, oh boy. Was that you? Blame it on the dog. Let's just say that. <laughs> no one would want to. This be in this room right o- now. <laughs> this fart could only be a canine. It has like a. Well, he said. I don't even want to say what it is. Oh my God, please. I won't. It's like. It's horrible. It's, you know what it is? It's, it's like when you go over to a friend's, a new friend's house when you're like eight. It's like yes. a neighbor's house. The weird neighbor. The weird neighbor. And um, they like her, their mom has something cooking in the crock pot. Valerie. <laughs> and you're like, that doesn't smell like my mom's food. This <laughs> fart like, Do you is the weird neighbor dinner? boy's mother's crock pot. It is. It's not. <laughs> let's be honest. When something farts. <laughs> You are doing an involuntary assessment of the smell for safety, (laughs) for history. Yeah. Eddie Murphy had that. And for fun. (laughs) And for fun. He goes, part of you wants to smell the fart because you want to grade the fart. But in this case. Oh my God, he says that? Yeah. That's so funny. He also goes, uh, no, I'm done with Eddie Murphy, but like, I'm done with Eddie Murphy. (laughs) No, but he, uh, this smell is Is, very clearly a dog very very clearly a dog and very clearly an ill dog brody is has that's really he has pancreatitis and you can smell it no yeah we could have saved a lot of blood work and if he just ripped one the vet could have been like okay that's pancreatitis (laughs) and i think we should check check his She was showing me the x-rays yesterday and there were like all these little bubbles that kind of looked like cysts. And I was like, what's this? Because he does have lots of cysts in his kidneys. And she was like, oh, that's just gas. And she was like, and you can see there's some um, in the rectum waiting to come out. And she's like, and he did release quite a few while we were doing these. I was like, oh, oh God. my release. Did I ever tell you about I got an ultrasound <laughs> on, oh, uh, Yeah. It's funny, when I drive, I lean to my right, I think. And I was driving a lot. So my lower right stomach was feeling like kind of, there was an awareness there. Mm. But it was happening. You know what I mean? I just was... Absolutely. I'm aware of it now. There's a lot of things I've gone to the doctor that ended up being just like normal things. Like like I, I noticed if I kept my head completely neutral, it would favor a certain... Like do it. Like if you if you give your head mm-hmm. no orders and just try to be as light as you can, mm-hmm. where does it move? Mine goes like that, mm-hmm. and it's because that's how I sleep. Oh. So I was going to a chiropractor to be like, shouldn't I be like, shouldn't my default be like straight ahead? Yeah. And then I realized, oh, just stop sleeping so goofy, and it goes away. Oh. Anyway, they gave me an ultrasound. But they couldn't get a good look at it because there were so many gas bubbles. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then she'd go, this is so funny. She'd go bear down like you're like making a bowel movement and it would make the gas go away. Really? But she had to keep saying it because she was like, you are riddled with gas. She didn't say oh that. Oh my but gosh. Let's be honest. She didn't have to. I was, I was full of gas. But you never really, this is so like personal and not interesting to anybody else. But it doesn't seem to me like you have 
a problem with gas not being able to come out. <laughs> You're very funny. But I do when I'm getting an ultrasound in a small room with an uh, oh, right, underpaid you nurse. Can, so you could let it out, but you hold it in. Actually, you know what? Look, we're going to wrap this up real quick. <laughs> but there's farts. Those are the ones in the chamber. You got to wait for one in the chamber. <laughs> but then there's also just pre-farts. They're like sort of in the pre-birth area. Sure. They're in the, it's, it's another clue to how everything is. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But they're just kind of swimming around the whole stomach, body. I don't know. Yeah. And then they go into this chamber and they wait their turn. I, I just, it's such a like big part of my life that, my farts? that, well, yes, that, <laughs> oh, God. and that I can't, like I get trapped gas that I would kill. I would do anything to be able to let it out, but it just stays in forever. And it, and it like puts my in gastrio gastrio it's one of those is it oxycodone yeah. or cotton nobody yeah. knows uh my intestinal system it, it wreaks havoc it's just I think so painful from, and i feel like you don't have that well it's because a lifetime of you holding them in like a lady <laughs> maybe and then and be. i was out there ripping them like a goddamn man <laughs> <laughs> using it like a jet pack to get around <laughs> when swimming when swimming <laughs> when swimming okay let's go to the mid rolls when we come back what are we going to talk about when we come back it's got to be something deeper than farts <laughs> yeah we're going to stop talking about farts yeah we're going to start talking about we'll just talk about the the spiritual things that have meant something to us in the past week sure and uh, we'll be right back this podcast is sponsored by our friends at BetterHelp. Life is full of twists and turns. We know this. Stress, change, grief, moments of growth, and moments where we all feel like we're taking a few steps back. And it's important to show up for yourself through all of the struggles that life can bring. And BetterHelp Online Therapy is here to help with the twists and the turns and will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Therapy, hands down, has changed my life, has changed Valerie's life. It's greater than the sum of its parts. You think it's just talking to a professional or talking to another human. For some reason, the way human beings are built, it helps way, way more than you think it's going to. That is absolutely true and has changed the trajectory of my life in a huge and wonderful way. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online and the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log in from your account anytime, anywhere, and send a message to your therapist. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, or uh, so you won't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to, to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. That could be awkward in real life. It's much better to do it this way. It's more affordable than traditional therapy as well. Offline therapy is more costly, and financial aid is even available. BetterHelp is a great way to show up for yourself and invest in your well-being because, well, you deserve some inner peace. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Go to betterhelp.com slash reviews. Visit betterhelp.com slash weirdo. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health 
with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. So a special offer for weirdos, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash weirdo. Thank you to BetterHelp for supporting this show. We're also brought to us by our friends at ExpressVPN. Let me ask you something. What if there was someone out there who kept a log of every single thing you did every minute of the day? That would be pretty creepy, right? Well, what if I told you that's exactly what happens every time you go online? Ah! (laughs) Your internet provider is allowed to store logs of every website you've ever visited and can legally sell this data to anyone. That's why I always use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your internet provider can't see or log what you do online. Many of you may be wondering, well, if I'm routing my data through a VPN, doesn't that just mean the VPN can see what I'm doing and log my data instead? You might be right to think that. Many VPNs claim to have a no logs policy, but they've been caught logging customer activity. Guess what? ExpressVPN is the only VPN I trust because they use trusted server technology. They were the first major VPN provider to engineer all of their VPN servers to run in RAM. That means it's impossible for their VPN servers to store any data, any data, including logs of any ExpressVPN customer. And if you don't take my or ExpressVPN's word for it, ExpressVPN is so confident in their no logs claim, they even had one of the biggest assurance firms, Price Waterhouse Coopers, audit their technology. It's no wonder that The Verge named ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world. So stop letting people keep logs of what you do online. Visit expressvpn.com slash weirdo right now to find out how you can get three months free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash weirdo, W-E-I-R-D-O, expressvpn.com slash weirdo to learn more. I don't know about you, but my values guide my decisions that I make throughout my life. And when you stick to what's important to your very core, it shows in everything you do. And that's why I love Everlane. Everlane is committed to doing the right thing from start to finish. That means partnering with responsible factories and ensuring every piece of clothing looks and feels great for years to come. I can attest to that. Some of the highest quality clothing I own, and I love knowing that they do it right every step of the way. Not only that, but every piece that I have from them, I haven't had to replace. No holes, no wear out. They look great. And and even my sweater, it's still taut. You know what I mean? It doesn't get baggy on the sleeves. What stands out to me about Everlane's approach is their dedication to finding socially responsible factories through third-party audits with certified partners, designing timeless clothes with quality materials, and a focus on durability and longevity. I mean, you have a right to know the actual price of making your clothes, and Everlane shows you the cost behind the production of every piece, from materials to labor to duties to transport. With Everlane, you get designer quality without the designer markup. So if you want to do things differently from your core to your closet, shop Everlane. Not only are they incredibly ethical, incredibly wonderful, but some of my favorite things I own and wear are from Everlane. Go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up for 10% off your first order. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up. Everlane 
helping people live their best lives with the least impact on the planet. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. Thank you, Katie, for slicing in those mid-roll ads. <laughs> mid-roll. <laughs> and now I feel like we should, We have to, now there's this pressure that we have to do to something like, that was worth, you know, getting, getting through the ads. Yeah, Although totally. the ads... I mean, hopefully they were fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope you had a good time with Look, those Look, I do ads. my best. I I'm, do my best. And I make mistakes on them constantly. And then I have to give them free ads because I'm always saying the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Because you're kind of like a, you look at, if somebody sends you too detailed of instructions. Oh, God. You nailed it. Yeah. They're not, you're not going to read them. You're at, so... <laughs> I, we had a new sponsor and it's feels and I love feels and I was just so excited to talk mm-hmm. about feels. It's a hemp oil. Mm-hmm. It's not, I, I think I, I don't have the copy in front of me, but it's, it's different from the other CBDs I've used or it's not, it's not even CBD. See, now I'm nervous. I'm going to talk about it wrong, but I'm just talking about it. <laughs> yeah. It's called feels and I like it. And I think it's made from hemp and I was really <laughs> enjoying it. And I, and it came because it's, the type of category it is. There's all these rules for things you can't say. Mm-hmm. But I did. I got overwhelmed. It was like a full page mm-hmm. of things to say, things you don't want to say. And then it was a, a full page of copy. And I was like, fuck it. We'll, fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> and I just talked about... I thought I was, I was, I thought I was being such a good boy. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to talk about how I genuinely love this stuff. Yeah. I almost said this shit. The but shit. I do. Yeah. As a Sobe person, I'm always looking for something that can help me like relax. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like ease into my... This is not an ad. The point of the story is I said... I don't even want to say what I said wrong because that would be me saying it again. Mm-hmm. But we just get an email. Alex, our wonderful ad person, was like, yeah, you said this. And it was like number three on the things you can't say. And I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't, re- I didn't read those. I just talked <laughs> from the heart and they should be happy. I did it at all. And mm-hmm. all of my golden boy, you can't tell me I made a mistake stuff comes out. Yeah. Speaking of which, is this interesting? I'd really like to hear your thoughts on this. Mm. So it's really hard for me to listen to my stand-up recordings. Last mm-hmm. night at Largo, I and not because they're so horrible, but because <laughs> it's it just takes a lot of mental effort to sit down, take notes on your stand-up. Yeah. So it's just very naked. Yeah. Um, unless I'm in the perfect mood, but it's almost never that mood. And I was talking to somebody, I just did Alex Sulkin's podcast, and I was talking about, so I'm in Montreal, I'm going to do a show, and I'm like, I know if I listen to a set, like one of my Largo sets, in, indubitably, indefinitely, <laughs> definitely, I... <laughs> 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 definitely, indubitably, definitely, definitely I'm and going to, indubitably, indubitably, <laughs> I am going to hear myself say something and go, oh, I totally forgot about that part of the joke and I'm going to write it down. Right. This is the Rory Scovel thing. When I see Rory, one of my absolute favorites, he often will do it in a way he's never done it before and, he, mm. and that could mean riffing a whole thing he's never said and it's, it's even better and sometimes that means he might forget something. He knows this, we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. But Rory's a real inspiration to me. Mm-hmm. I like doing stand-up raw and move in any direction, all that sort of stuff. So the, the consideration that I have to make when I'm doing a show on the road is, and then I die. <laughs> we'll do never know. I listen, do I humble myself and listen to an old set? Uh-huh. But really implied in that is a certain vulnerability. I need to prepare Mm-hmm. So picture that on one side of the scale, mm-hmm. the benefit of preparation. Mm-hmm. This is real my dad stuff. 
On the other side of the scale is the feeling that, that you can't get back. If you prepare, you can't get this feeling back. And that feeling is the shoulders back, head up, Jason Sudeikis chin, confidence of, mm. fuck you, I don't need to prepare. Right. You lose it. If, if I know that sounds crazy. Most people listening would be like, prepare. But yeah. if you prepare, prepared. <laughs> sorry, you're you are changing your frequency ever so slightly to now I'm doing public speaking and I've prepared for it. And the other one, and it's almost always what I choose, yeah. is fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. And you bring that up on stage and you go like I don't need to prepare. Yeah. I've already prepared. I'm constantly doing stand-up, and this is how the show's going tonight. Maybe I did forget a line, but fuck you, this is the best. This yes. is the best. It'll never be this way again. Yes. Even as I'm saying it, I can't explain entirely why I almost always pick the confident one. when I'm Today, where I'm sitting today, I'm like, listen to the set. Well, let me say this. As your close partner and best friend of nine nine years. I have seen this pattern already where you do get like this, where you're like resisting watching your set. And then almost every time you actually like sit down to do it, you love it. You're like, this guy has my exact sense of humor. Hilarious. And this guy's got my number. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing better than when you surprise yourself. Like, I don't remember saying that. And yeah. you're just laughing. Yeah. Yeah. So you actually enjoy doing it more. And then I, this part, I don't know if I, I can't think of an exa- example where I've seen it, but knowing you, I could totally see you listening to it and preparing and then being like, I forgot about. The confidence that comes from being like, I just listened to my standup. I fucking loved it. I prepared. I have like, I'm like packing You're with right. rifles. That's like why I'm, I couldn't fully back it because it is a fear-based decision. It's yeah. like if I listen to me, I'll remember that I stink or something. Yeah. yeah. But that isn't true. That isn't what happens. And I think that there's a confidence that comes from being prepared yeah that it that you're forgetting you're also making me realize that the real reason and this is a shame but it might be oh we didn't really talk about the add stuff but there's only a tiny update but like the real deal the the real tiebreaker yeah prepare and feel the confidence of preparing or don't prepare and feel the confidence of i didn't prepare Mm -hmm. the reason why you pick the latter is because it's easier yeah Uh uh-huh it requires nothing totally it's like go to lunch with neil brennan or prepare yeah but like a lot of the greats i mean i have to assume melania's preparing i have to i know berbiglia is preparing well and the the real The real answer is that it is somewhere in between, but it's like that thing of, you know, you learn the, the proper notes of the song so that then you can feel really confident to stray. That's how I felt watching Gungi's last night, Michael Gunger. He was doing these solos where I was like, this is going to sound weird, but he's almost playing so insanely that it's almost you can't it doesn't compute it's not just a guy being like pew, 
It's not, you couldn't sing what he does. No, no, no. So it almost looks like he's falling down the stairs. Like that, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's a joke, but the, it looks so organic, mm-hmm. like a waterfall or something. Mm-hmm. And I know he's written about this in his books and talked about it. He's like, you do the scales. Yeah. So that when you play, it's the last thing on your mind. Yeah. But I was watching a guy that wasn't playing the guitar. I watched a guy who like birthed a guitar. Who's who has a guitar as a part of his body. Yeah, like he should have had a guitar had... attached to him. I, I, know. I know this isn't as interesting to y'all, y'all, because you didn't see it. But you know what but I'm talking about. Yeah, when I'm sure people have experienced play that. that way. God, it is this pang that I have whenever I see somebody play an instrument really well, where I'm like. Well, we missed that boat on this this lifetime. Well, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I have the opposite. I'm like, I, I never had a shot at that. And... Well, yeah, I never shot up probably at being that good. But it is also like, you know, the Watkins is a great example where they, they ha- are some of the best musicians of our lifetime. Mm. And they've worked really hard at it. So it's not... It's not like minimizing that at all, but I know that like their parents started them young. They went to bluegrass summer camps with like Allison Krauss, you yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. they like they they started so young, like the like Serena and v- Venus Williams. Like it was like this is what you were always going to be. Isn't it funny you even say them when I think of the slap? Like every once in a while I'll oh, see wow. Will Smith's face, and I'm like this this is uh, baked in. The slap. That, the slap is really baked. I'm, I'm not trying to bring yeah. it up. We don't have to talk about it. I'm just no, saying, I, like, I, I was throwing out some old screeners because, we, you know, we moved and I found all these old screeners and I found the King Richard screener and I'm like, all I see is the slap. Mm-hmm. But it, that that's just a good example of, some people probably see it and go, like, that's the guy that stood up for his wife. You know, like, there's yeah. lots of ways to see it. But totally. I go, like, oh, scary guy that slaps. Like, yeah. he's the slap guy. I mean, I was just going to say, I feel like there, there will be a... F- uh, you know, soon there will be a season where we're just not even thinking about it anymore. But then I don't know if that's true because the other example that it seems like is like the Kanye Taylor Swift thing. And we all still really, really remember that. That's true. I was going to say Janet Jackson, uh, Justin Timberlake. Yeah. That Will Smith is in a, a war room in the basement of one of his mansions and someone's going, <laughs> Taylor Swift, Kanye. This had a half-life of 12 years. Mr. Smith, we think we can get this down to 3.5. He's like, that's not good enough. He's like, don't slap me. Don't slap me again. He's already slapped him. Don't you slap me again. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so spiritually, you know, John Heater, gosh, he did the podcast uh, this uh, yesterday. Uh, Explaced. Explaced. (laughs) We talked about Explaced. You did? It was a real mistake. It was a real mistake. They placed explosives. Yeah, and he goes, they explaced, <sighs> placed explosives. And that's and one of my favorite. And he improvised that whole um, speech. He did. And he did it for for the show. Like I'd say for me, but for the show, he was like, and Nessie, the, blah, 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 the water to ally. Blo- no, to blow Nessie out of the water. All of it, though. He did the whole thing. It was. He said it was one of the few times in Napoleon Dynamite where the director said, just say something. Because the point of the scene is that you get interrupted or whatever. Oh, so my good. God. And it's like my favorite part Explaced. of that movie. Play, we love when you say, you blend the words. Instead of place explosives, you say explaced. Like, it's like, just brilliant. I love it. That specific type of mistake is one of my favorite 
Agree. things ever. But, it, you know, it, it. I wasn't really able, so this is sort of like hindsight quarterback or whatever, armchair expert, I don't know, Dak Shepard, what's happening? <laughs> he. We were talking about the Mormon, the Latter-day Saint idea of heaven, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to lie, now that I'm in a family, uh, you and Lee, their idea that you keep, first of all, your body is resurrected, you keep mm-hmm. your body, mm-hmm. and then you kind of continue evolving until you are like a god mm-hmm. and then you just keep growing and growing and growing in power until you're the god of a but you're with your family for eternity it's not like it's it's basically the solution uh it's not my it's not my belief um i'm open to uh, anything <laughs> obviously i don't know what's going on and none of us do but i was like it solves the like oh we die alone thing yeah. i get the appeal they're like no you you go into the afterlife and it's not just everybody. It's you and your family. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you and your chosen people. Yeah. I was like, wow, that really solves the awkwardness of heaven where you're running into that guy you don't like. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And and they believe, I thought this was very interesting, maybe not all LDS people, but what I the research I did, and, and John seemed to agree, that God, the original God, has a body as well. So it's not a metaphor that there's an old man in the sky. There is an old man in the sky. Right. And he is somewhere and he, it's interesting. Yeah. So, but I was trying to articulate what, where I differ and I did a little bit on the podcast, but now, you know, having had some sleep and thought about it more, I was like, really where I bump on it, like it's a pitch in a writer's room, but where I bump on it is that there's so, there's still so much duality. It's like, even the thought well, sure. that when I'm in heaven, there's a me and a you. Right. I'm like, I don't know if that, it doesn't match my intuition and my psychedelic experience mm. of what heaven is as a, a oneness that's so one, it's zero. Yeah, Where of course. The, and obviously this is my 5-MEO trip, but like when I was in that that again, it wasn't a visual thing. It was really a, a, an experience. But the thought, if you, first of all, you couldn't have reached me because there was no me, mm-hmm. completely gone. Mm-hmm. But there was something, and mm-hmm. that tells you something. Mm-hmm. There was something that survives the annihilation of myself. And that thing was everything. And the thought of going like, and Val's here too, would have been a funny comedy routine. Like that would have been like, if there was anything to laugh, if there was anything to hear and laugh. What I'm saying is, yeah. it was so one yeah. that that, and again, I'm, this isn't shot fu- shots fired to my LDS friends. Um, but to me, the thought that like you go to heaven and there's still a God that you worship is still that separation. It's yeah. not heaven well, sure, to me. Yeah. It it's the oneness is the part of you that is God remains. Uh, and I'm not saying I'm God. I'm not out there creating universes. But the part that is the the fire, mm-hmm. and God is the the big eternal fire. That all goes away, and all the all the colors bleed into <laughs> one, bleed into <laughs> one. But that, to me, feels like the only heaven worth having. Otherwise, again, I, I'm not putting down anyone's beliefs. I'm just saying, otherwise, I'm still going to be basically yearning and striving yeah. and hoping for the day that one day I'll uh, receive union and, and achieve union. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that, well, that, that occurred is, to me. It's so interesting. I have so many questions about that. And again, not like none of these questions are with the 
desire to like poke holes in it or it's hard it's t- hard to talk about someone apart. else's faith I, yeah. I just experienced I just that. am real I just really do have questions about like so it must be a different body because they see that it's the, the resurrected body yeah okay and then it's like so does that one poop does that one have like sexual desires well why again full respect that's the last time I'm gonna say absolutely it, but full respect that's, we're just talking why have a stomach if you don't have to eat? Why have eyes if if the awareness right. that is fueling those eyes has been liberated? Yeah, like to me, it's it's really about. And maybe I, there, maybe the answer is that the resurrected body will look nothing like this body. But they really, uh, what I watched, I my YouTube algorithm is all messed up now because I watched a <laughs> lot of videos produced by the LDS Church, yeah, uh, that were well done and mm. actually surprisingly liberal. Uh, I, I don't mean politically. I, mm-hmm. I don't. I can't speak to their politics. I didn't get there, but they they had a lot of like Joseph Smith wrote things about like we believe in everyone's right to pursue any faith and we respect their faith and stuff. That's there was stuff cool. like that, yeah. and their belief is that everyone goes to heaven. Mm. It's just you go to different heavens. But oh, even that, I'm just like, it's like we're always talking about God can't do math. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's again, it's very appealing to, I'm just going to speak for me, that sort of system appeals mm-hmm. to my achiever mentality and right. a little bit to my ego where it's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it better. And I'm going to be basically in a private gated community mm-hmm. while you'll be in just a mansion that's like not on a cul-de-sac. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Again, you, full respect. <laughs> uh, of course, that's inherent. I, I, it, it really is out of full curiosity Um, because what I'm, what's fascinating to me is my mom made me laugh the other day because I said something like this key doesn't really work or like we were like late and I was just like, there's like, everything is like falling apart today or something. And she was like, well, we live in a fallen world. Like, but she was joking, but that is like what the Christians of my flavor would say where it's like this it's almost like well this world was never really supposed to be because of the original sin but see what's original sin okay that's what's fascinating to me because their heaven again i'm not trying to poke holes in this i'm just so curious their heaven is is this world it's like things are put into categories. You have this exact body. Yeah. You are and it's separate. You have it's separate. You have different like hierarchy. So yeah. it's so it like I was thinking maybe they really think that this world wasn't a mistake and this world is designed perfectly by God because it just continues in heaven. There's really no difference. There's other planets and stuff i mentioned kolob and john was like i don't really know much about that kolob i think is sort of the deeper more kolob's a planet i think yeah and i would imagine there's got to be a lot of that like it's with also my netflix password because <laughs> i've even known like i speaking of Dak shepherd he had oh no i can't remember her name i want to say it's carrie something whitney houston <laughs> yeah. um he it, it's she's uh, his co-star in in Parenthood, and I'm sorry I'm forgetting her name, but she's a Scientologist, and it's a masterful interview where he's so respectful and she's so smart, and it really is like, oh, you can see how some people are Scientologists in a way that's just like, yeah, I, I like take what's good about this and I use it and apply it to my life in a real 
um, like really reasonable, understandable, relatable way. Yes. There's got to be like that kind I of agree. Mormon. This conversation is making me want to have a deeper conversation because John Heater would tell you he's not a theologist, but it yeah. would be interesting to talk to. Yeah. One of the things I always liked about the LDS is that ongoing revelation. I don't like, uh, personally, I don't love that that's um, just for the people that have the gift, I believe. Mm. There's prophets yeah. that are ordained. And they're the ones that might change a rule, like caffeine is okay, for example, was one that we were talking about. Yeah. So they receive revelation. Uh, Mine is uh, anyone listening uh, can receive revelation and is receiving revelation. Yeah. It, it gets tricky when you, then they can amend a, a religion, sure. but like leave religion out of it and go look at a tree and see what it says to you. You know what I mean? Like kind of yeah. that Joan yeah. of Arc thing where I'm like, God is... when. I know I say this all the time, but they say, God speaks to you in your head. And she goes, how else would he talk to me? And it's wow. like, that's a person, I know I've talked about this before, but that's a person who understands the phenomenon of awareness yeah. and the impersonality of awareness and awareness being the only thing that is. Right. So where else would he, what you call mind and what Buddhists call mind, mind. not yeah. your mind, but mind yeah. is the only place where anything would happen. So they're like, we're, it has to be a burning bush. Like, yeah. this shit's crazier than we give it credit for. Like, just basic existence. Yeah. And if I can give some love to, to marijuana, sometimes <laughs> that can help me get into a place, sometimes it's not pleasant, where you're really like, wait, how am I hearing my thoughts? Yeah. I, I got a little weirded out. One of Rupert Spira's prompts for meditation is, where do thoughts come from? Mm. And if you close your eyes, you got to be in the right mood. You need to know that you're held mm -hmm. and that the universe is trustworthy, that you're, you could say God is trustworthy, mm -hmm. that you're safe, everything's fine, that even if you get nervous, I promise if you push through, you get to the, the clean, clear meadow where mm -hmm. you're like, there was nothing to worry about. Mm -hmm. But it's not, a, it's not a gentle journey to sit with your eyes closed and go, where are these thoughts coming from and where do they go? Where do they emerge from and where do they recede to? What is willing them? Yeah. What, what, what about the ones that you aren't willing they just show? It's like, it's the closest phenomenon. Right. But we would rather measure the movements of the stars because it's too personal to measure the movement of our own inner ecosystems yeah. or our own inner astrology. Yeah. It's a fascinating mindfulness practice to just you know often like as a mindfulness instructor a lot of times the first step is to even un get the person introduce the idea to the person that they are thinking because a lot of times we don't even notice that we are thinking we just think that that's a hundred percent that's life that's our reality is that there's this commentary it's like going it's unnecessary or unwanted thinking is such a common disease that most people don't know they have it. Yeah. And, and we're identified with our thinking. So there's no separation. Right. And one of the ways you do it is, is like, we're going to sit for 30 seconds and just count your thoughts. And it's like such a simple, but really profound wow. way to just start being like, you see that these are thoughts and it's not truth. It's not reality. It's something that's separate. Mm. 
And it's a huge, and then of course you have to, even if you are practicing and have been for years, you have to bring yourself back to remembering that because we do, we are really mind identified and we think that our thoughts are, uh, are, are us and we get pulled back into that. But it's just so, that's why one of my favorite mantras, I know I've shared it on the podcast is, or mottos or whatever is saying to myself, that's just a thought. It's like, because the second that I go, oh no, am I going to panic? I think that's real. And there's now I'm in this passive place where something's going to happen to me and I have no control over it. And then to be like, oh oh no, am I going to panic is just a thought. We can let that go. (laughs) It's like instantly neutralizes it. Oh no, that's just a thought. Yeah. That's just a thought. So good, Valerie. I love that. It's really helpful. Wow. Well, oh, right. oh, the 180 D thing. Oh, yeah. Was, and th- we'll get out of here on this. That was beautiful, Valerie. Thank you. Mm. But um, I was taking this test, the, a couple like computer tests, and I was, I really can't wait for my analysis because either, <laughs> I said this to you, I was like, either I rocked that test mm. or not only do I have ADD, but I am deeply delusional. <laughs> Like I'm not living in reality because yeah. if they tell me I did badly on these tests, mm-hmm. I'll be like, there's a bigger problem yeah. than ADD. It's <laughs> not attention. It's reality distortion. Because yeah. I was in there, I'm clicking on the faces and I'm clicking on the words. They would give you a list of like 50 words, maybe not 50, like let's say 30 words. Mm-hmm. And then they'd, after you watch them, so it would be like, I remember the words, mm. eggs, coffee, cream, ham, uh, th- these are cloth. Potato. I can yeah. still remember the words. <laughs> I'm just really sensitive. I, I really want to like excel and prove that my brain works. Yeah. But anyway, and then they'd show you three words and you just have to pick the one of the three words that was on the list. Mm. So I'm doing it. I'm alone. And they told me I wasn't being watched, which I was glad for because I'm clicking. I'm going, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Potato. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck like into it. And then there was a personality component to it. And by the, I haven't got my results yet. So stand by. <laughs> Elliot, my friend Elliot Terrell, who introduced me to Dr. Amen, uh, who has the five types of ADD, and that's who the clinic I went to. I'm excited. He doesn't have the five types no, of ADD. No, no, no. He told me about it. He had that information that he shared with me. <laughs> and uh, anyway, the, the one thing that I think was a bit was literally... First of all, one of the questions was like, have you ever regretted how much you drank? Oh, and I'm no. and that's where I, I'm hyper-literal. I'm like... Ever? Yeah. Yes. I think that's right. Okay. I think that's right. But I was sitting there going like, and they're timed. They're timing how long it takes you to answer each question. I'm sitting there going like, the question is, I don't drink anymore, but have I ever? No, so, I okay. think you're right. And then yeah. there was one where it goes, um, would you say that you're overwhelmed easily? And I literally went, there's like six ways to take that question. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the answer I, then was yes. <laughs> I love that. It was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you, do you think mean? like all, like the question itself instantly overwhelms you? Yes, I was overwhelmed by the question. Yeah. What were some of the other ones? Do you remember? I'm fascinated with the personality question. Um, I wished you had been there because... I, I really was like, I just hope there's a fail safe for a delusion because mm. there were a lot of things where I had to stop and go, don't flatter yourself. I was mm. glad that I was coming off of Montreal, mm. which was, and I'm still riding that anxiety or that alertness from that festival. Yeah. So I had had like a very raw week. So mm-hmm. it was easy for me to be like, 
sometimes I'm overwhelmed or whatever. I can't remember the other ones. Yeah. Well, and one, then there was a face thing, and I was very good at the face one. Yeah. They show you faces, and you have to say what the expression is. And that's the first part of the test. Then the second part of the test is, which one of these faces was a part of the test? Mm, and mm-hmm. I, I sw- if I got a single one wrong, I'll eat a shit sandwich. I was like, I was, I was like made for the ADD test. Yeah. And then I had to do a maze. There, it's like Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Or, or a minesweeper, mm-hmm. and you have to find a path from point A to point B by clicking. Yeah. But every once in a while, you click, and it would be X, like a bomb. Not really a bomb, but it would say you couldn't go there. Yeah. So you finally find a clear path. And then you have to do it twice from memory. Yeah. And it's complicated. It's like up four, over three, up one, over one, up five, over one. I would be down. so bad at Valerie, that. Valerie, I did it I, after I found the clear path. I messed up once and then I did it twice in a row. Wow. And I was like, eat shit. Like, there's this real, it's almost like ASMR when Mm. you're being studied. I'm a performer. Yeah. I want, I wish there had been someone in the room watching me do it. Yeah. Because I would have loved to watch them be delighted that I was like, fuck you. Like, I hope it would make them laugh that I was being so weird. Yeah. There was one test that I hated, which was you have to hit. The space bar, anytime a letter flashes on the screen, except when the letter X flashes on the screen. Yeah. And you're supposed to do it fast. Mm. That one, and people could hear me. Yeah. I was just going, fuck, fuck. Like, I, it was the most frustrating thing. Because yeah. the X would come up, you'd register as an, as an X, but your hand is hitting the space bar. And yeah. you're just like, like St. Paul, the things I don't want to do, I do. And the things I do want to do, I don't do. Yeah. And, I'm, and Parker... Uh, my technician, he was like a very sweet guy. He's like, I hear it every day. Oh, He's like, that's everyone great. swears during this test. That's great. But anyway, I love that. I'm uh, so results forthcoming. I'm so those so of you that are happy. In, invested in the in the arc of because not to be weird, but I literally was like, maybe I don't have it. Maybe I just have. But maybe maybe I'm a... understimulated. When people talk to me slowly, I can't stand it. It's the most. If someone's like, well, well, remember, we could. I'm like. <laughs> fucking get to it well that's what i was thinking about the five types is because remember my therapist said that she she was like i don't know about adhd for pete but it sounds like he is gifted need which means that you are you process things really fast um and remember she said and there's there tends to be a social delay with these people. And I was like, oh, that, that does sound like it. It's a great album title, Social Delay. <laughs> what does social delay mean? Because like where just socially you're not really on the same page with people yeah. often, which is exactly which is I how I would describe it. Yeah. yeah. Because, because as you've said, when somebody's talking to you, you can, you're interpreting all of the ways they could mean that. And then it kind of freezes you into, and like when you talk to somebody, you'll be like, uh, you know, you'll say something like, I really, that's why you're so good at the, by the way, your New Zealand bit where you're like, no, the no offense comedy, because you kind of are like that Yeah, where you're like, um, you know, I'm so, I'm so happy you, you finally got here. Not that I meant, not that we were like waiting for you and thought you were late. Yeah. And the person's not like, that we think you're a slow driver. I mean, you're a great driver. I mean, <laughs> not to say men are great drivers and women aren't. I didn't even mean to say that. I don't even see gender. I do see gender and I see <laughs> yeah. the gender that you give me. If you tell me that that's your gender, I will respect that. Not respect it, but I'll do it. Not do it. It's not a chore. I do do chore, you know. Like <laughs> yes. And I've seen do. you, that's obviously, obviously an extreme example, but I've seen you kind of do those kinds of things. Cause you're yeah. like interpreting 
saying, how they could pr- possibly interpret what you're saying. And, and the person is just like, no, I wouldn't have thought any of those Well, things. that's why, again, one of the reasons spirituality speaks to me, Richard Rohr says, and a lot of teachers say, the greatest teacher is silence. Mm. And not only do I love it, and clearly being up here now, I'm seeing how I need it, like yeah. need it like oxygen. Uh, it doesn't ask anything of me. Yeah. A tree doesn't go, I can't offend a tree mm-hmm. I, more by misunderstanding it. I can't misunderstand a tree. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the unspoken reasons why nature is so therapeutic is that yeah. it's not, I feel like everything is, go drive down Sunset Boulevard, every billboard is making a passive ask of you. Yeah. Watch this show, vote for this show, be aware of this show, be aware of this actor. Yeah. Every car is asking something of me, mm-hmm. let me in, uh, be impressed, I'm a Porsche, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a Subaru, I'm whatever it might be. Yeah. And nature is just like, man, I'm not even going to say I'm a rock. You know I'm a rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Truly, I love that. Truly, truly madly, great. deeply. Well, I love this one. Yeah, me too. Really great. Glad um, glad to be up here with you and glad to be able to share. Our Ojai selves. That's what I mean. Like there's, <laughs> there's a benefit. I think Whoop. the show is going to be better. I know my stand-up was last night. So hopefully this is this is good for everybody. <laughs> hopefully this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. 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 That's happened. Somebody in the chorus got to Aquarius too soon. Aquarius. That's one of my favorite kinds of things. When somebody gets gets has like a false start. Oh yeah. In my choir, we did watermelon sugar. Uh and and there's like so so the first chorus we were all singing in unison. Uh, watermelon sugar high, watermelon sugar high, watermelon sugar high, watermelon sugar high, and then you go, watermelon sugar. But like when we were learning it, every so many people like it's like almost everybody had their one turn where they'd be like, watermelon sugar high. They'd do <laughs> the high, but they would be the only one saying hi. hi. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I love that yeah, shit. No. It makes me. They did that on The Simpsons a lot. Oh, yeah. All right, Val. Okay. Um, Everybody, listen to me closely. I want you to keep it crispy.